Welcome to the Jesse Garcia Show, your half-hour home for politics, culture, and art, where we bring you a new story about your world in every episode. Today's guest is Nancy Cañas, president of the Latinx History Project. She runs a cultural nonprofit dedicated to preserving the history of LGBTQ Latinx people. We'll talk about Nancy's premier event, DC Latinx Pride, which celebrates queer brown culture in our nation's capital during Pride Month. Thank you for following the Jesse Garcia Show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. For more information about the podcast, visit jessegarciashow.com. Nearly a million Latinx people live in the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area, with a good majority residing in nearby Maryland and Virginia. Along with the rich culture brought by Latin American immigrants to the region, a special population within a population has managed to flourish and document its contributions to the American fabric. The Latinx History Project was founded to collect, preserve, and share Latinx LGBTQ history. Since its inception in the year 2000, it has served as a force that builds community, spreads compassion, and fights for equality within and for the Latinx LGBTQ community of Washington, D.C. One of the ways the Latinx History Project, often called LHP, brings meaningful service to the community is through its programming, namely D.C. Latinx Pride, its premier event. D.C. Latinx Pride is the official event recognized by Capital Pride Alliance, where queer brown folks can celebrate their culture, music, and art, and most importantly, themselves, in a safe space provided by LHP. This year's events are a bit earlier than previous years. A Latinx Orgullo reception will honor and celebrate the Latinx LGBTQ community on Thursday, June 1st at 7.30 p.m. at the Kennedy Center Skylight Pavilion, located at 2700 F Street Northwest in Washington, D.C. The event is free and will honor community members. Then, LHP's 17th annual D.C. Latinx Pride takes place that very same night at 10 p.m. at Bunker, D.C.'s hottest new venue for guests 21 and over. Bunker is located at 2001 14th Street Northwest in Washington, D.C., Tickets are $20. On Saturday, June 3rd, LHP will host a Dragon Fashion Show at the Kennedy Center Millennium Stage at 5.30 p.m. The event is free. To place your reservations, visit Latinx History Project on Facebook. To learn more about the organization, let's hear from the LHP president herself, Miss Nancy Cañas. On today's show, we have an amazing lady who's in charge of the biggest LGBTQ Latinx event in our nation's capital, Latinx Pride, a multi-day event that brings together several thousand people in the District of Columbia to celebrate a culture within a culture whose music and art and performances rarely get to the main stage in those main Pride celebrations. Please welcome my friend and community leader, Nancy Cañas. Hi, Jesse. Thank you for having me. How are you, my friend? I am good. Good, good, good. How about yourself? Fine. You're probably very busy because there's just like less than a month before all your activities start um, happening across the district. 
before yeah, we um, talk about this uh, party that you've been in, involved with for almost a decade, I think, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got involved with Latinx Pride. Okay, so let's about Nancy. So Nancy, I'm a DC native, which is like always a big thing uh, for DC natives to mention. <laughs> um, and um, I always say I'm a DC native, but I'm a PG County girl. So I grew up in um, in the area, in Georgia's yeah. County. Yeah, so I've definitely always been local in Maryland. Um, and um, I, I want to say I'm proud to be from Prince George's County. It's a predominantly black and, and brown county in, in Maryland uh, with less resources than the, the rest of the, the Maryland area. Um, what else is about? Let me see. Let me think what else is about Nancy? I'm a mother um of of three and yeah very I'm... beautiful kids I've seen them you post mm -hmm. a lot about them and they look so much like you oh my god they're carbon <laughs> copies of your face Nancy wow. oh my god you've done such a good job they're all um teenagers right yeah they're actually I have two adults now um oh, wow. I'm a 20 year old um and then 18 year old year old she's graduating um next month in june 2nd to be exact oh um let's see and then oh and my youngest will be 15 in not this saturday but the next saturday on the oh my god this is a busy month for you while you're planning pride activities you got a lot going on in your household yes yes we do it's exciting um it is exciting i'm excited about the second kid graduating and seeing what she's going to do next um so i am i'm, I'm very proud it's always been a big thing um being a mother within this uh, uh you know the lgbtq community the queer community um especially in the past when we didn't see um we didn't hear about parents right we didn't hear about the very uh, rare. having children yeah mm -hmm. uh it's more common now which is great um so then there's that that's always you know like most mothers my pride and joy even though they get on my nerves but but you're a working uh, mom, correct? I am a working mother. I am, and I'm. I am a um, licensed cosmetologist, so I've been doing hair for definitely over a decade now, and um, in DC, in the nation's capital. <laughs> so I've been doing that, and what else? Um, but I'm able to work and do everything else that I do because of my wife she's she's definitely been able uh, she steps up and helps out and I wouldn't be able to do any a quarter of what I do if it wasn't because she's there too so shout, shout out to my wife shout out to Anna uh, shout out to Anna Gomez hi Anna Gomez <laughs> um so yeah no that's pretty much some oh no I'm another thing um I am Salvadoreña um my parents are both from El Salvador and um they migrated in the 70s and you know that's how i came to be a dc native they you know they lived in roslyn but the i always say dc isn't what it is now you know in in the 60s and 70s the 80s even the 90s um so it's definitely changed a lot throughout the years uh and uh, yeah, so my parents are from El Salvador, so I'm very proud of that as well. So many layers, right? Like most of us with um, just family life and who we are. Nancy, one of the reasons why I, I love you is that you are a community le uh, leader that everybody um, holds in high regard. 
You are the executive director of the Latinx History Project, an organization that's been around for how many years? So since 2000, 23 years. So since 2000. Yeah. Yes. So it's all, uh, when I first moved to Washington, D.C., the very first group that I joined was the Latino History Project. The second was kickball, but my first volunteer group that I worked with, with was with the Latino History Project, which um, now back then it was called Latino. Now it's called Latinx History Project. And we would spend our Saturdays getting all these articles um, covered in plastic to make sure that all these memorabilia projects, papers, flyers, handouts that Jose Gutierrez, the founder of LHP, um, had collected over the years were going to be preserved. And right. we use these um, articles and memorabilia to tell the history of the Latino LGBTQ movement. Um, it's uh, no one really centers it when it, they talk about LGBTQ history. So we had we were lucky enough to have someone that was collecting all these items when we were fighting the good fight and focus um, our articles that focused on the Latino leaders that were in the fight. He was able to capture. And now you're in charge of this organization for the last couple of years, and you've really grown it, really grown it. How, what made you get involved with the Latino History Project? So my story is always, I always enjoy telling the story because um, everyone has, you know, um, coming, which you know them, you know, Jose Gutierrez, you know, David Perez, and este, Jose Plaza. And then there was also Cristina and- um, All great individuals. And they definitely, the great leaders in that sense, they came to the city, you know, that just like you, you found this, this place and then, you know, volunteered. Me, I being, you know, coming out in my thirties, it was, it was different because this is, you know, my hometown was how I feel. And, and then I started coming out in my thirties, I was an adult. There was nothing to hide in that sense, how I feel. And I would go to the uh, phase one, which was, it was the longest um, lesbian bar in DC in Southeast for, for a while. And I, for, you know, time, you, time, I forget the concept of time when it closed a few years. If I feel in my head that it was about five, I think it might've been eight or 10 to be honest. And they would have drag kings and burlesque performers. And so we would kind of, back then we would say folk queen, um, you know, we would uh, do the performances alongside the drag kings and kind of like a drag queen, but since, you know, back then everything was gendered. So it was like more of a folk queen or a bio queen term that I don't think we even use anymore. Those terms um, that, you know, they exist. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, that's what, what it used to be then. Um, but it was a burlesque troupe that was uh, predominantly queer or lesbians back then. And that's how I got involved. And one day I will not like, I always love this story, Oscar uh, Morang, he reached out through Facebook Messenger and he's like, hey, can you perform at La Fiesta? And of course, it was just like, you'll hear the story from multiple performers. It was great because we were in a space at phase one where it's predominantly white. So of course you would music or any type of act or performance that you were looking into, you would needed to fit into that 
box, right? Of what that that type of music, that demographic, that music that they would understand that they would under so us kind of venturing out and doing something different or in Spanish, it was just, you know, it's not that it wasn't well received. It was just more of like, oh, okay, that's cool. We don't understand what's going on. So being <laughs> able to take that and finally doing maybe when a song from Shakira or, you know, most any of the Latin American or Spanish speaking performers was amazing. And that's how I got started. And that's how I met you. Yes. I remember that performance because we weren't expecting it. We were just expecting drag queens and mm -hmm. possibly some some go-go boys. But when the women came out and you all had this beautiful central dance, we were like, wow. We were floored because we weren't expecting it. And it was such a beautiful performance that y'all choreographed for yeah. Latin Express that we were just all like, who are these yeah. women and where have they been? Yeah, no, it, it, it was a very interesting time because, you know, we drag queens are great. And, and when we think of queer spaces, we always think of our drag queens and rightfully so, right? Because yes. that's where the attention comes at, and they've been, you know, that's what is mainstream. Um, and just like gender fluid, uh, just gender has evolved and so forth. The being in that space as a, a, a lesbian woman and then a plus size woman and you know and just it, it was just adrenaline rush and just nervous because you know you're performing for a bunch of gay men and you're like what the hell <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like do they want to see this do they don't it was always well received but that's how I started um and then of course no realizing that there was this space right because I didn't know about uh, back then, DC Latino Pride and 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 just or or LHP, you know, um, the Latinx History Pride for short. So in that sense, it was just the same way. I found this a place that I felt, and David Perez was the president back then, and he's always been, he, he was he's always welcoming. I could always remember being like, can I be here? Can I not? And that kind of stems back from in that performance space with the queer troupe, it, you know, I performed for a few years, but I spent eight years there being on, you know, their board as well, just trying to have that, you know, Latino, Latina voice and, you know, just everything else. So interesting times. <laughs> so it's made and, me and the person the, I am today. <laughs> and I gotta say the group's getting bigger and better. And thanks to your 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 perseverance, because my God, you inherited the group and man, the pandemic hit. And it was just sort of like, how are we gonna survive this? One. And two, how's Latinx gonna survive? Latinx yeah. Pride gonna survive all this. Um, what has changed since the pandemic? What's gonna be different this year? So we're still trying to figure out how to, I don't want to say come back from it, but previous year, pre-pandemic, right? We knew what we were, what we were expecting in the sense of the turnout, right? For our big, for the, the for our, for our La Fiesta that we call it for our, our pride party um, during and, uh, and up to Capital Pride. Yeah, mm -hmm. and for listeners that don't know, Thursday night before the big pride celebration, usually it's the Latino Pride, where we have a 
big old dance. You know, one of the nightclubs gives us their venue and everyone comes out from the DMV. Everyone. And we're talking, they don't arrive until midnight sometimes because people <laughs> have to work. You know, you're talking about a population that probably has to hold down two, three jobs just to live in the area. So really, this party doesn't get hopping until midnight. And you have a whole you have thousands of people at this yeah and absolutely that's what i'm gonna say you're looking at about pre-pandemic we were about a thousand two hundred which i know that was um because at one point you know we would it was held at town and so they would have to keep because of capacities and laws yeah. of course um and and so yeah no we it was a, a thousand more than a thousand people and then COVID hit and the town closed and then COVID hit right yeah so coming back from that was hard because now we had to find a space that town was providing the space no one's provided the space yet so as, yeah. as of as of us coming back you know it was our fifteenth year and we had us um, we were at why can't I remember this spot it was in. Uh, our theater? Uh, north, northeast. And so it was different for everyone. Oh, yeah, the northeast and, uh, section, yeah. Uh, Bliss. Bliss, yeah. Yes. In northeast. So in, and traditionally, we were in northwest, right? Metro accessible, this space was. And it was the only space we could get that wasn't. And it was expensive, just like anything in D.C., right? Yeah. Um, we've been at the Howard Theater as well. That was uh, last year. Um, so it's just trying to gauge where we're at. Um, the community, I mean, just the world has changed, right, after COVID. Yeah. Um, so just trying to get our footing in that, trying to figure out what's going to work, what's going to work best and see how that's going to change. But one thing is for certain that um, if every time, um, every party, you know, I usually feel like I always say I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off, trying to figure all this stuff out, how we're going to make this party happen with you know being a small nonprofit and and trying to figure out funding and everything tons of work months and months and then the party happens and people are so grateful because they're finally able to come together and enjoy their music and 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 be queer with be queer in in the dmv in the dc area while being, uh, you know, from Latin American descent or Latinx or Latin or however we choose to identify or describes our, or our ethnicity, right? Or Yeah, for listeners who don't know about the area, we used to have an LGBT Latino bar way back in the day. Uh, it was called Fuego, I think. Yeah. And yeah. it closed like around 2011, 2012, I think. <laughs> We've been mm -hmm. left with just Latin nights at certain bars. And yes. it's just been a struggle to try to get a, a space where we can go party every, you know, every night. So we have to, you know, wait for a bar to have a, a one night a month where they're going to have Latin music being played. So this Pride celebration is kind of special because it's they count on it. They plan for it. And it comes every Thursday before um, Pride. So it's a special time. It is. It is special time. And it's just every year where I'm like, why am I doing this again to myself? And then it <laughs> happens and you see, and it is, it's, it's just, a, a, you know, and I'm sure you you know this because you've been part of so many organizations and groups, Jesse, where you see your community 
enjoying themselves, you know, and, and it makes it every year you're like, oh my God, this is my year because if somebody has to, right? Somebody um, has to. And if to. we don't, somebody has to, and if we don't, if we stop, then, you know, that space disappears. I mean, Capital Pride is great. Um, you know, they've definitely stepped up and been more inclusive with performers and just the space in general, but it's still not the same because I like I always tell, I mean, we party differently and, you know, just the music, the culture, everything. So it's a beautiful thing. That's what I always say. It's a beautiful thing <laughs> when you're so, able uh, to just provide that space. So this year, what can we expect? So this year we're going to be at the bunker and they are actually providing the space like town did. Awesome. So it's, so we're, yeah, it's located so. at 14 NU. It's a yes. brand new bar that was, I think it was called once La Tropicana or something like that. Or, That's what I heard. Yeah, it's, it's been renamed. It's a brand new LGBTQ bar that's on 14 NU. And that's the space where we're going to have our fiesta, correct? Yes, that's what it is. It's, uh, it'll be announced this week. Um, and the space is a little bit less. It's it's limited. So first come, first eyes out for that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm excited to see the new venue space, see how it is. Uh, I will say they are donating the, the space. So that's amazing. I even, yeah, I can. Yeah. I don't know if you can hear it. I'm exhaling. You're exhaling because it is, like yeah. you said, it is so hard to get some space. It is. Free space, especially during free. Pride Week. And yes. they're going to be giving you free space. That's a win. It is. So it's fun. And we'll see what's happening. Um, we'll see. I mean, I'm, it'll be great. Um, like it, it is every year. And then, you know, we're, I'm excited. We're, we also have, that's just one event so we're do we also have um, a partnership with uh, the Kennedy Center um, for the next two years where you have we have this grant that we were awarded so I'm excited about that because we're having a, a award ceremony at the Kennedy Center and that's just huge you're going to be you giving out awards you... to notable LGBT Latinos throughout the United States correct that's right. That's right. And one local one. And on a local you know one. So well, yeah, which you know so well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, are you ready to announce who's winning these awards, or are you? Is there going to be announcement coming soon? There should be announcement coming soon. Okay. And we do have some local ones. It's not hush hush, but it's. I still we still need about a week or so. Well, actually, the Kennedy Center is uh, likes to announce things a couple of Under, weeks before. Yeah. yeah. We're also having an event at the Kennedy Center on June 3rd. It's a fashion show by last year's um, mixed DC Latinx Prize, Jay Sear. Um, they are a drag queen and a fashion designer. And Julio Acevedo, also known as Lady J Monroe, one of our uh, one of the board members at uh, Latinx History Project is coordinating that event, leading that event. So I'm excited to see that on June 3rd. And yes, so Lady J. Monroe, a famous yes. who's been on the podcast. 
Y'all may have remembered her. Um, she does Drag Queen Story Hour throughout library uh, in libraries throughout the, the DMV. She's actually going to be the MC and host for that event. Yep. 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 Good. We look forward to seeing. Yes. And um, yep. Oh, he's definitely he's that, that's his baby, and I'm there to support. So it's Great. nice to take a step back and and let someone else take the lead. Yes. <laughs> I'm excited about that one. <laughs> Um, and then we have what traditionally we'll have a discussion or la platica that, that been, and you're going, that's, when is this happening? I'm just horrible with dates. I believe June 5th, also at the Kennedy Center, which is at the Kennedy Center the whole week, you know, never been there a day in my life, but come June, I'll be there every day, it feels like. Um, and so we're going to also have a discussion on based on just the needs for our queer Latinx community in BC. And I, um, and so that'll be an interesting one as well. And more information will come out on, on that event. Then of course we said La Fiesta and, and then we'll definitely have some online I, we, during COVID because of COVID we had to get creative with our, with our programming and we um, do La Cocina because we like to keep it simple and sweet with these titles. Uh, and so we'll have local community members or leaders and they'll cook their favorite dishes from home and you know go about it. And so that's, um, that's always nice, you know, just we have- um, but this, that's, one, that's something that's new because we've had the sort of like uh, the serious talk, the fiesta, mm -hmm. And then we even had like a, a like a church service, and yeah. a faith service, and now we're gonna add food to the mix. I love that. And yeah, and cultures. yes, yes, yes. Because when we say, oh, you know, we're Latino or, or Latinx or Latin American, that you know that that means you know that means so many things. Um, and so we have D that I will be. The D is they are Guatemalan and Salvadoreño. Salvadoreño. Mom is from El Salvador. Salvadoreño. I believe mom is from El Salvador. I could be wrong. But Central American, right? And then we'll be making a popular Central American um, bread. And then we will have a Mexican. And we're also going to have a Puerto Rican member of our community creating one of his favorite dishes. So it's it's a thing that came again evolved from COVID. It's just what people are doing at home because food is also a very important um, part of our culture, right? As as Latinos, Latinx, and so that's that. I, that's always one of my new favorite things to do. But that is a that. lot. Thank it you is. so much, Nancy, for giving us all these different ways to get involved. You know, it's just not about a parade and a festival. There's mm -hmm. things that we're going to be able to participate where we're going to be honoring people in the community. We're going to come together to talk about the issues and we're going to learn how to cook all these wonderful dishes mm -hmm. that are, you know, featured in Latin America. Now, oh, yeah. LHP is bigger than this, than the pride mm -hmm. ceremony that you're known for for each year. What other work uh, projects are you working year round? 
Other programming that we have year round is in March for Women's History Month. Isabel Hidalgo was was the first vice president of the organization, and she she was a woman, amazing woman. I got to meet her. She's an actual archivist for the Smith for the archives or Smithsonian. I think it's the National Archives. And talk about someone that you kind of want in your history uh, organization because she taught us how to properly um, take care of our documents. So Mm -hmm. the natural asset that's floating around, even in in our fingers, when it touches the document, she told us how to put documents away safely. So it's almost like a blessing that we had this young woman that actually went to school to archive. To do that, right. To be doing all this. And I remember yeah. when she started the Mujeres en Movimiento. Yeah. Yeah, no, she did a great thing. And, and every year, uh, pre-COVID, <laughs> they yeah. would come out. And, you know, like I always say, you know, we, we'll have these things that we create for the organization. But those, like I say, those are our babies. And so she's very proud of that. And rightfully so, of this event that has evolved. And, you know, we recognize not just cis women, but our our trans sisters and and our and our sisters are women of color that have you know are doing amazing things within their communities so it's just again elevating those voices that aren't normally known um, that are doing and moving and making things happen to to create better spaces or or, or just just better I don't even have the word for it. It's just they're they're making things better, you know, pushing to make sure that, you know, trans voices are heard or making sure that trans women are receiving the proper health care. It's just making get DC to recognize more, them. Yeah, making DC a more equitable place. Absolutely. A lot of people tend to move to the area because they know that this is a one place where LGBTQ rights are protected. So I'm so happy that you recognize those people that are in the community that help us live up to that reputation. Absolutely. And it's not because they're, you know, because we're able, we're telling these stories, we're recognizing women that are just, you know, would no one would know about. Exactly. Would ever think about it, right? Um, And we don't know who's listening or who'll read their story and that motivates them to be like, I can do that, or this is something I want to do. And so it just, it may not be somebody famous, but to us, they're important and their stories are shared and you never know who's hearing that. And, and, and again, it's such a beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it is. Um, another thing we do, we always, let me, so for the Hispanic Heritage Month, we also, recognize and and tell these stories about also leaders in the area activists or and so that's also a year-round programming um we also try and i know this year we're trying to go ahead and, and add to the heroes of the black and white pictures that i know you have we have your uh, picture jesse of just i was very honored leaders. to be recognized yes yes and and so we're trying to bring that back, you know, 
but again, you know, our biggest issue is again, the funding, finding the time, all, the, all of this is volunteer led. Uh, we can we try to go from, you know, it's a labor of love and, but that it's, it's hard because people tire out and we work and we have, um, you know, just, it makes it hard when we don't have the resources for it, but that's yeah, something that I'm trying you, to prevent. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you, what are your current needs right now? Like, what type of individuals do you need? What type of resources are you looking for? We always need help. Fundraisers, funding, funding, grant, um, grant writers. writers. Yeah, grant writers. Um, People photographer would, would be nice. A photographer, yeah. Not only do you have good events that need to be captured for history, uh, but also to take photos of these individuals that you plan to recognize and you're building an archive of, of, of leaders that you're documenting that were in the moment. So when people look back years from now, who was a mover or shaker, who was doing all the good work back then, you're going to have a beautiful catalog that one of these days, maybe you'll get to turn over to the Smithsonian Latino museum or or LGBT museum, you know, These are the type um, of people that you need, correct? Yeah, those are exactly. And just anyone that's willing to volunteer and give their uh, give time, you know, it, it's, you know, it, it's not an easy thing. And everyone in our, our community is unique. You know, we'll have folks that are, that I'll always say, we'll have people that even, well, let me break it down this way. Even within the leadership or, or uh, of LHP in the past, we've had mm-hmm. uh, gay men, donating their time. Some people will even get paid to, to do volunteer work, right? And then we'll have, you know, I, what, what year did I start? I wanna say 17, maybe, in the, in, on the board. Um, and I'm a mother of three. I'm not a single mother of three, but I am a mother of three. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, so my time is here, so my money is, you know, and so I'm taking time off to do this work is it's hard it's hard financially and it's and it's hard um uh, physically right because you're working from one thing to another another um and so just finding anybody that's willing to donate a little bit of their time to help out and and, and do stuff like that is always needed is always welcomed right so yeah. those are the things that the organization um at least for me it's it's a labor of love right that's yeah, how not, I've always said it. Mm-hmm. Not that many mon- nonprofits make it past their first year, you know, but LHP is already in its second decade. And it's a 501c3 that's been recognized in the past. It's been given lots of grants by local organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have a lot to be proud of that, that this 501c3 is still chugging along. Lots of nonprofits have a hard time keeping it together, keeping their IRS paperwork on board. So I just want to commend you on keeping this 501c3 going. Uh, what keeps you going um, as a leader of this organization? That's a, that's a good, it's, it's many things. It's like a layers of it, right? Um, again, just being, um, my biggest thing was being a queer Latina, a queer Salvadoreña, uh, that's a BC native, um, you know, I've seen people come and go and then things are kind of left behind. 
and so just being able to make sure that it's still there, um, you know, the great uh, that Jose Gutierrez, our founder, created that space and seeing what David and Jose and Christina have worked in their rightful time to, to just keep it going. Uh, I kind of feel like, oh my goodness, I have to, you know, I had these great uh, presidents that that did wonderful work. And so that's, that's a thing. And so just being able to be, you know, that woman, I guess more like most Latinas, oh my goodness, I have to, you know, take care of the family. Everybody, yeah. <laughs> but let me tell you, it's, it's true what you say, because there's a lot of people that come into the DC area for four or five years. They're here for a fellowship, for some work on the Hill. They're not here permanently. So it's kind of a benefit that they have you, a native Latina from mm -hmm. the region, wonderful rep representative that is keeping things moving and along and hopefully bringing in new leadership after you yeah. and keeping this house strong because you are keeping this house strong if people want to get involved, by myself not by myself though we gotta recognize it's a wonderful board members and along the way but thank you Doug. i appreciate that if people want to get involved how do they how can they reach you so we, of course, you can find us on, send a message through any of the social media platforms or Latinx History Project. Um, you can email president at um, latinoglbthistory.org. Let's see, where else? Those would be the best routes. We're going to get the messages. It might take a little bit of time, but usually this is a busy month hour. for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it is, but it's always a good thing. I love it. I say, I, I say, oh my God, here we go again, but then I, I do, and I'll miss it when I'm not, I'm sure I'll miss it when I'm no longer Queen Bee. <laughs> Nancy, I want to thank you so much for all the work that you've done for the community and for also being my, a good friend to me. I met you at that Latino Pride way back when, when you were performing. You even got to cut my hair before I went totally bald. So I want to thank you for that, <laughs> for always being there for me. I appreciate you and I cannot wait for this year's Pride events. Um, look forward to hearing more news on them. And thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me and telling my story. I'm always appreciative of that. And thank you for continuously collecting our, and sharing our stories because if I always call you the fairy godmother of, uh, <laughs> of, the, of the gay boys in the area, especially uh, the <laughs> Latino gay boys, right? Um, no, but thank pleasure. you. Thank it's you fun. because you don't get enough recognition for all you do. So. Oh, thank you so much. Too.